Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Horwardell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how's it going? Ah, another another wonderful day of, of sports, 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 sports. It's a lot. Sports. If only my teams or my yeah, my, if only my team sports didn't just consistently stink. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's an overwhelming amount of sports right now. We've got the NHL, the Stanley Cup Finals just ended. We've got the NBA Finals just starting. We've got the Major League Baseball playoffs. We've got college football. We've got NFL football. It's it is a lot right now, and, and let, college basketball is right around the corner. Let me ask you a question. Yes, Base, baseball to me it has to be the dumbest group of people in the world. I know we touched on it briefly in the last uh-huh. episode. You have everyone's attention. There's nothing going on during the day. Football's done. Basketball is one game, or football's done during the week at least. Yeah. Basketball and then if you ask the Titans, maybe maybe for the rest of the season. Stop um, it. Uh, it just, uh, just an insane, an insane situation, but, um, baseball, what are we doing with eight playoff games in one day? And like a multitude of them starting one hour apart. How do you expect anybody to watch these games? Like it's, it's well, there's a scheduling nightmare, right? Because you're trying to play every other day at least, right? I mean, what are, what I'm honestly not super familiar with what the MLB playoff structure is. Are they playing every day or every it, other? It, Cause I mean, you have a lot of games to play. So you had four get you had four series start yesterday. Two of those series already ended today because it's best okay. of three in this weird wild card situation. So Houston already beat the Twins, the worst fr- playoff franchise in baseball history. Uh, and then and then um, uh, who else got uh, Toronto got eliminated by Tampa Bay already. So mm. they played yesterday and today. So yesterday they had four games. Today they had eight games. Eight games. There, there's still another one that is is yet to start, and it's it. But it's it like they literally it was twelve one two four five or three four five. It was like every hour there was a new game starting, and then seven and ten. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want people to watch your games or not, baseball? Because it doesn't seem like you have any idea of how to market <laughs> or show anyone any of your players. It's bizarre. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's just the first of what's sure to be a number of Greg Crone complaints about things in this particular episode because uh, our Eagles are 0-2-1, but that we're going to touch on a little bit later. I've got Bavada Sportsbook open in front of me, and I was looking for some World Series futures. I couldn't find exactly what I wanted, but there is something interesting here. I want to get this from you. We were talking basketball at the end of the last show earlier in the week. Bavada asks, where will Victor Oladipo be playing next season? As Oladipo famously uh, asked for a trade or suggested he would like out of Indiana, Indiana after the season. Indiana, plus 175, the favorites. Miami, plus 300. Uh, Dallas, plus 600. Denver, plus 650. Uh, Boston, plus 350. Toronto, plus 800. Sacramento, plus 1,200. Do you like any of those fits? Well, so here, here's my thing. I, I don't really know what the story behind him asking for the trade. I knew he asked for the trade, 
but I, I don't like like is there a particular reason why he's asking for the trade? I think I don't... it's a it's a minutes thing, and I don't think uh, my guess is they haven't offered him the contract extension that he's looking for. A, a minutes thing. He was hurt for like the entire season. I, I don't. Know, I know. And and we're guys complaining about minutes that happened in the bubble are just the most bizarre situations I've ever seen. Look, I don't know, man. It's entirely possible he wants to pursue a professional masked singing career. I, listen, he was great on that show. I'm fine sure with was. that. And I, I called keep, it the entire time. Keep it going. Um, as far as as far as the landing spot, that Miami number that you said was what plus three hundred. Uh, it's plus three hundred, but why? Uh, it just it's another piece they can add, is and it, I think it does. But is it a smart piece, or is it a piece Philadelphia would add? Are they better with Victor Oladipo, his bulky knees, and a, a giant cap number than Tyler Hero stretching the court? I mean, no, probably not. I guess the, that's what I'm saying. The, the only thing is, is you're you're seeing this very small sample size of Tyler Hero. I'm not saying that Tyler Hero isn't the player that he is right now in these games that we've seen and how magnificent he was in the Eastern Conference Final. Um, but but uh, we're doing this thing where we're overvaluing guys because of this postseason run, and like we talked about before the Pascal Siakam thing and people talking about building a team uh, out of Bam Adebayo. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me see more than like, uh, you know, 15, basically fanless AAU games in, in a, in a random conference room in a hotel uh, before I, before I, you know, say that Tyler heroes, the, the championship piece. I'm not uh, saying he's a Miami star. Heat. I'm just saying that team works really well because of hero and Duncan Robinson and guys like that who stretch the court for everybody else. I worry that Oladipo and Butler are redundant and you'd run into problems like they did in Philadelphia where you don't have the floor spacing because they're both below average three-point shooters. Butler is a bad three-point shooter. They both are best with the ball in their hands. I just, I don't see that fit. The team that jumped out at me immediately, I think Denver is really interesting to gamble on him as an upgrade from Gary Harris at shooting guard. Yeah, I mean, you talk about adding his talents in with the the likes of Jokic and Jamal Murray. He could be that one piece that they'd be missing uh, when going up against a team like the Lakers or the Clippers. It wouldn't be, man. That is that is actually a very that's a scary team. <laughs> yeah, and M- MPJ, you know, whatever you get yeah. from Bull Bull moving forward, there that that feels like the right fit to me. There's been a lot of talk that. You know, Oladipo and Turner could end up going to Boston for a package with, you know, Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart, and some picks. But Turner makes more sense than Oladipo does to me there. I don't 100% get that fit. Uh, It seems, again, a little bit redundant. I guess you're just upgrading Smart to Oladipo in the starting lineup, but at what cost and how often is Smart actually a starter? I guess we'd call Hayward the starter. Uh, It's, I don't, I don't get that fit i love the turner fit uh, as a basketball fan i hate the turner fit as a philadelphia 76ers fan because i think it makes that team a lot scarier uh and dallas is an interesting fit too i could i could see them trying to make a move viewing oladipo as a gamble upside as a third star is uh, yeah i mean uh, it depends on how he would work with with luca 
in the backcourt. I mean, that's that's really where your biggest concern is if you're Dallas. Uh, I mean, Luke is what? What did he shoot from three this year? I don't Four. know the number off like, the top I of my think head. It's probably, I'm guessing it's 34. percent I'm looking it up right now. So you're talking about two guys, sort of that similar to that Butler thing, where the floor spacing from guys who can't really shoot the three consistently. Uh, is, I don't know. Is tough. I, I buy Luca's gravity on offense. Luca shot 31 percent from three this year, but he did so on nine attempts a game. And we're starting to learn that attempts are just as important as shooting percentage. So I don't know. I, you have to guard Luca at the three point line. I don't, I don't think he's a negative there. Well, I'm, you definitely have to believe me as, as a guy who, who was very much into uh three point player props. Uh, Luca, Luca's always a must bet. So it, I, I would think he'd have a more consistent season next year, but, but it's, it's still, if he doesn't, then you run into some problems. How about this one? I mentioned Bavada has the Raptors at plus 800. Could you see something along the lines of like a, a Fred Van Vliet sign-in trade? That's exactly what I was thinking when you mentioned the Raptors because I knew his contract was coming up. But then what's the upside there for the Raptors? I mean, Van Vliet's been he's, – he's been – You're going to lose by, him. You, if You don't lose him. <laughs> and you well, get to add a, a guy who two years ago we th- was – I think he was third team all NBA. How about we just re-sign Fred Van Fleet? Like uh, make, I, don't, I don't know. Do you do you buy Van Vliet long term? I'm in on Wichita State guys. I still have uh, hope for Ron Baker. So um <laughs> it's who is the who is the kid that came from, from Kansas? Connor or something or other. Uh, uh that's not uh, important. Connor. I was I was thinking I was thinking as soon as you said kid from Kansas. My my thought process immediately went to Svee Mackay Luke. I don't know why. Hey, love love Svee. <laughs> uh, Isn't he on Detroit now? He was yeah. part of some wacky trade. Mm. Um, I'm just... looking this up. I'm looking up basket. I think it's gonna be like 2005 because it's been so long. No, I feel like I'm real comfortable. It's Con or something because he was a big time recruit. Maybe it wasn't Kansas. Maybe it was another blue blood, but. Uh, but he did not do well, and he also, if this helps you at all, uh, started losing his hair very early. Oof. So I remember that when he showed up to Wichita, I was like, oh, my God, how old is he now? Oh, uh, man, I know exactly who you're talking about now, and I cannot think of his name. He, oh, that's going to bother me. I'm just going to oh, – I'm, I'm making this overly complicated when I should just be looking at the Wichita State roster. It was it's and it's far more recent than uh, man, dude. Dude was an absolute sniper from three. Right. Uh, oh. Right, and I think he came from Kansas, but he did. He was a transfer. Um, I got, I'm pulling the roster up right now. No worries. Basketball schedule roster may even be there for all I know. Connor Frankamp. There Fra- it is. Frankamp. Exactly right. He's not. Does that there kind of have a job in the NBA? Isaiah Poor Bear. This can't be right. There's a gentleman on Wichita State. His name is allegedly Isaiah Poorbear Chandler. I mean, people have crazy names. Poorbear? P-O-O-R? Maybe it's a nickname. I don't think it is. <laughs> it's, a play, it's a playoff Winnie the Pooh. I don't know. Pooh Bear, Poor Bear. It's a whole thing. Okay. Um... <laughs> Uh, Marcus McDuffie, uh, well, how long ago was he there? Jeez. Connor Frankamp? Uh, yeah, probably go- within the last like three years. You would think, but I'm back to, I'm back to 2017 and I'm not, there he is. Yeah, yeah he, three he, years. 
It was 2017-2018. He was on that te- that team with uh, Landry Shamit. Yeah, he did not look. I'm not. My hair is not amazing either. But he, this is a bad situation for Connor Franken. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, listen. First of all, you said Marcus McDuffie. He's he's one of those that guy played at Wichita State for like well well over a decade. Like, there's just no way he was always on that team. I don't know how. He goes he goes way back to their like original run uh as as the Cinderella team. Um it's the Wichita State always manages to put together like the best teams. I, yeah. I don't get it. Uh Fran Camp is currently playing for UCAM Mer- Mercia of the Liga ACB. All right. All so right. He's, he's making he's 25 years old. He is making money playing basketball professionally. He's uh this is his third team professionally. He's been in the Greek League. He's been in the Balkan League. Balkan League Ooh. particularly strong. Uh, but it's probably very nice uh, to live there. I mean, listen, I'm in on I'm in on the Balkan League. I'm, I'll go you. I'll go play in the Balkan League if they want me to. I'll go with you. I think this is the thing. That one, can, that's a that's a one two punch that you cannot pay for. No, well, I, I'm gonna need them to because. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like we could like, okay. Let's not kid ourselves. We're going to need like six months of uh, pretty pretty intensive getting in shape. Oh, but, absolutely. But once we get there, I feel like we can help a Balkan League team. Uh, 1,000%. 1,000%. I just need to be able to get up and down the floor a little bit. A little conditioning, drop oh, a few man. LBs. I'm not going to rebound, so who cares? No, me neither. I'm going to be 25 yeah. feet from the basket the whole time. That's it. I'm just, I'm just jacking threes 100% <laughs> of the time. Does, That's it. Does uh, what's his, does um, Lamar Ball have a Balkan League team? Because I feel like that I, would fit our style of play. I mean, there is if there was ever a guy to own a Balkan League team, Lamar Ball would be your guy. The big baller Balkan, the Balkan Balkan big, big Balkan. I mean, come on, we already have the logo. The triple B's work. Balkan big ballers. All right, I'm I'm putting in a, I'm putting in a card uh, call to Lavar right now. <laughs> I think I called him Lamar earlier, so uh, <laughs> it, we, we'll we'll edit that part out. You know what's weird though? I saw that Lamelo pulled out of the combine today. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he was ever gonna work out, but he was supposed to do interviews. But then I think somebody's like, "Hey, uh, Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman aren't doing it, so why are you?" And, Probably uh, smart. Probably we smart. Are. No, I think the less people that get an opportunity to talk to Lamelo Ball is only gonna help his draft stock. I also saw a report over the weekend that he was that uh, if if. Um, Whoever it is that's number one, they are. Yeah, if, it, it only makes they, sense. Uh, that's, it, I don't. I'm not saying it's a good pick. I'm just saying in this draft, it it made sense since the second it happened. They need a point guard. They don't need another two. They can't have D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards on that team. That's not going to fit. It just doesn't make sense. They're going to try desperately to trade the pick. I don't think at the end of the day there's going to be the value to come up. So, yeah, I fully expect Lamelo Ball will be a Minnesota Timberwolf, and uh, yeah, good luck to all involved. Lamelo versus uh, Lonzo in in an NBA game is going to be an intense thing. I need Lavar. I need a camera on Lavar the entire. I, I want to know what Leangelo's up to. He's actually he, he's selling peanuts at that game. I'm pretty sure he he got the G League contract and then the coronavirus happened. So not yeah, a great he, sign. He got the G League contract because his last name is Ball, and for no other reason. Leangelo, I mean, he let's, was. Let's, See what Leangelo's up to. Leangelo is still only 21. That does not feel right to me. This guy, yeah, like he's going to get an opportunity. There's a chance he plays an actual NBA game at some point. 
I'm going to say there's not, and I'm willing to bet a dollar on that. 21? He's only 21? You're going to write him off at 21? Yeah, I was willing to write him off at 17. Listen, I watched one, one, count it, one random uh, clip of highlights where uh, LaMelo, Lonzo, and LiAngelo all played on the same team against uh, Andrew Wiggins? Sure. No, couldn't have been Andrew Wiggins. Who's the other Canadian guy from that went to Duke who plays for the Knicks now? R.J. Uh, Barrett. R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, uh, and they played Chino Hills, and the three ball brothers played together, and they won. And LiAngelo was racking up the points, man. He was hitting threes. He's, uh, he's he was hitting layups. threes. He was hitting yeah. threes. Hitt, hitt, hitting threes, making layups. It was... I mean, the, the guy was prime. You think LiAngelo do a podcast for us? He's got 300,000 Twitter followers. Probably not after I shit on him. Well, that's probably not good. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm not 100% sure why he's tweeting random uh, whatever. I'm not going to pick a fight here with LiAngelo Ball. That doesn't that seem like that makes sense. But what? <laughs> uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Remind me we need to have a quick conversation after after the show. Okay, but, we'll uh, do. Yeah. Okay, well, moving on from the LiAngelo Ball nonsense, and oh my goodness. Uh, now I see what the problem was. We're going to talk about the National Football League, and uh, let's talk about the game of the year, potentially. The Denver Broncos head to New York to take on the New York Jets. Thursday night, under the lights, Melvin Gordon against, uh, what's it, Sam Darnold. I'm excited. You're excited. The world is excited for this. Bavada has the Jets minus a point and a half. I mean, the Broncos. Broncos all yeah, day, right? every day. The fact that the Jets are even considered a favorite is bizarre. Adam Gase should have been fired last week. They they are just just so bad. And you feel bad for Darnold. He's just throwing interceptions for touchdowns. He's getting hit and sacked for a safety. This is, this is just, it's just, it's just bad. Just bad, 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 bad. Yeah, when you're talking about the Jets any given week, you just pick whoever's playing the Jets. You don't worry about the line. You don't worry about any of that. You just pick whoever is playing the Jets. The 49ers, well, that's the other terrible New York team. And I guess this applies to the Giants, too, as the 49ers backups beat them pretty handily this week. Uh, I I think they play each other at some point this season, so that's going to be mediocrity that can't be missed. But, yeah, no, Denver Denver wins this, even though they're starting Brett Ripien, I think. I would... It is amazing. I mean, I guess Bortles just isn't up in the playbook yet to get in the game. Uh, I know they recently brought him in. Uh, Brett Ripien. I don't care. Honestly, at this point, Elway could start this game, and they would win. Is it Ripien or Rip Ripien? Is it Ripen? Uh, no, it's definitely not Ripen, because <laughs> his father was a very good quarterback. I just cannot remember how his Rippin? name was pronounced. Is it Ripen? I wondered that, too, but it seems like we're ignoring a lot of letters. The E. The E is what throws me <laughs> off. <laughs> I don't know. There's no way to find out, so we'll never know. Let's talk about... Oh, this is this is an interesting one, only because the line is so big, and we're going to see whether or not this team's going to bounce back strong. The Baltimore Ravens, fresh off of being absolutely embarrassed by the Kansas City Chiefs, head to Washington, take on the football team, and Bavada's got the football team plus 13. I mean... If you think the Ravens don't win this by three touchdowns, I have I, I have bad news for you because this is going to be the all-time, all-time, we just got embarrassed on Monday, we're going to destroy a much inferior team on a Sunday. Uh, I mean, the, the, the Ravens got exposed for exactly who they were last year and the year before. The second they get down in a game, 
they don't have the offense to come back. That's yeah. not the way their team is built. They are a front-running team. That is how it works. They need the lead early, and then they can game plan around it. They don't have the weapons. On the, they don't have the weapons on the outside. Hollywood Brown's fine. Mark mm. Andrews is fine. But there's just not enough there. Like, uh, Willie Sneed. Is Willie Sneed really rocking the... Uh, game changer. Uh, yeah, Willie Sneed's not exactly, you know, killing the game here from a receiver standpoint. It's it's just, it's it's actually, like, it's so obvious. I had people chirping uh, all day on Monday that the the Chiefs' money line was a sucker bet. Uh, Vegas is going to get rich tonight. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? People, the public's so dumb. Uh, they're, they're, they, they, uh, they see the defending Super Bowl champions as an underdog. They're going to get absolutely hosed. The Chiefs' money line was like the easiest bet of all time. Uh, all pack, they had to do was get the last lead. week. Well, that's true. That That's actually also true. Uh, but there was like never a sweat for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are so good. Yeah. Like, I don't even care that the Chiefs' defense stinks. Yeah. They can score so quickly. It just until you can stop that, the Chiefs have to be the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl again, and in perpetuity, quite frankly. But I don't, I don't want to get overly hyperbolic with this question. But there's no other way to phrase it. Is Patrick Mahomes on pace to be the best quarterback of all time? I mean, absolutely. The guy yeah. just. The guy just puts up number after number after number. Uh, I saw a stat today on Twitter. It was about um, he's he has four to- four different times he's thrown for three touchdown passes in the same quarter, <laughs> and there's only there's only like one other quarterback during this time frame that's done that, and it's like Mitch Trubisky did it three times once, uh, or of three times. Of I know, it's just it's like the most random person in the world that is that's going to be the case. But the the guy the guy just he's he's too good. You you like he his throws are with such they're so effortless. He's launching deep balls and and it helps when you draft fast guys who don't get hurt yeah. uh, immediately or um, you know really 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 good players like in the backfield with great value. Uh, you know when when you actually have a front office that doesn't stink. And you can put the weapons around a quarterback. It's it's really amazing what you can do. Yeah, I think I, I mentioned this on the show last week, but the the craziest Mahomes stat for me was something that Kay Adams tweeted out, and that was that the I'm paraphrasing here, but like the Chiefs are six and zero all time with Mahomes at quarterback when they go down ten or more points in a game. I mean, that's that's absurd. That's yeah. actually it's like, ridiculous. He he's just he's so calm under the pressure too. Like it's just he just always makes the right decision, and until until someone figures out how to confuse him out there on the field and neutralize the guys on the outside, I don't know how you stop the offense. And maybe, really, the question becomes, you know, if if Eric Bieniemy leaves, right, mm-hmm. at the end of this season, Frank how Reich much? Syndrome? Yeah, how much of it is scheme versus talent? And I think yeah. in this case, I think in this case, the talent outweighs the scheme a tiny bit just because of the amount of talent that Mahomes has on the outside uh, from a skill position perspective. Uh, but it will be interesting to see when somebody else gets to call this offense what it looks like. Yeah, but at the same time, I I believe that Andy is the architect of that offense. Yeah, I mean, Andy definitely has a lot to do with it. it just like Doug had a lot to do with Super Bowl offense. Um, yeah, just, but I think Andy's – I think I think for that Eagles Super Bowl, it was Frank Reich designing the plays with DiFilippo, and then, you know, uh, Peterson was calling the plays, 
and had a feel for what to call and what was going to work because of how well designed these plays were. With Kansas City, I think this is this is Andy Reid complemented by Eric Bieniemy. It is it is legitimately so hard to not just be so happy for Andy Reid. Oh, it's impossible. Like, yeah, like it just just the the years of misfortune and t- clock management and guys maybe throwing up in the huddle on the game winning drive of a Super Bowl. It's 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 almost impossible to not just be like. Oh, you got like the best QB of all time with like the best array of talent you could possibly put around him. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's insane. It's the only way they lose is if they get into a shootout and somebody else has the ball last. Well, like that's it. What's interesting about Andy too. Uh, and we'll talk about this, uh, this Patriots at the chiefs game. Bavada's got the chiefs minus seven in just a second. But what's interesting about Andy too, is that, you know, before last season, when they won the Super Bowl, we did a show where I argued Andy Reid was the top five coach of all time. Now, he's won a Super Bowl. He's the favorite to win the Super Bowl this year and for the foreseeable future. How high can Andy climb on that list? I mean, if he, if he puts together a run where he goes back to back with Super Bowls, and if he potentially, I'm sure he's going to stick around. Why wouldn't you? Um, if he can get another Super Bowl appearance, you're talking about being too. And four potentially in Super Bowls, maybe three and four in Super Bowls. If the Chiefs can really put a dynasty together, I mean, you could you could be you could honestly argue that he'd be top two with Belichick, him, Belichick, Chuck Knoll. You're you're like those three. Well, the Lombardi's pretty good. Sure, sure, but I mean, if we're just talking, I guess if we're talking all time, we have to include everybody. Well, I, I mean, Lombardi's got two Super Bowls too, as well as three NFL championships. Right, but let's talk about longevity. How long did Lombardi coach for? I Which think is that, all the more impressive. Uh, sure, but we're talking about a guy that consistently has been a playoff caliber coach for an even longer extended period uh, of time. I think that I think right, the so argument goes is, to Andy. Is Andy in that conversation with like Don Shula at that point? Oh, man, I forgot about Don Shula. Because, I mean, Shula, you're talking uh, about six Super Bowls, two Super Bowl champions. You know, he coached for 33 years. Like, Shula's got to be in that conversation. As crazy as it says, I might be inclined just because of the longevity aspect to, like, I would say Andy's probably above Bill Walsh, which is just such high praise at this point. And, like, then you're going into that conversation of, like, Shula, Lombardi, Belichick, Paul Brown. Oof, man. Those are some names, man. The Uh, all-time greats, and Andy should be on that list. I think he. I think if he if he puts together back to back and then wins another one, like over the course of the next three to five years, I, like I, I think there's almost no way he he can't be in that top five. What's and, three in a row do to you? Because I I think that's oh, entirely possible. Th- three in a row puts him tippy top because I don't think there's many coaches out there that have done three in a row, if any. So, uh, I, I you'd have to put him right there. Right there, like tippy tippy top. Yeah, a, a gentleman by the name of Guy Chamberlain, who coached the Canton Bulldogs, the Cleveland Bulldogs, etc., won four straight NFL championships in 22 to 24. Actually, I guess that's three, so never mind. Um, <laughs> math, math not good from this former mathlete. Uh, Chuck, no, Chuck. No, you don't. It was not. It's not as glamorous I, as it I, I'm sounds. Actually, I'm actually pretty sure I was a mathlete, <laughs> and you're right. It wasn't. It's not as glamorous as it sounds. Uh, actually, Chris, 
you you may have been a mathlete. I was a reading Olympian. Oh, how's that well, sound? I think I think Olympian's better. So I'm pretty sure you win that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Landry's got five Super Bowls, but it's five, six, ten, twelve. Uh, George Hallis, no. Gibbs won. Gibbs is a couple of back to backs. Uh, no, he didn't. One the back problem, to back. The, the problem with Gibbs is there. There's like there's the weird second run in Washington that was just flat out terrible. Like, yeah. I I can't I can't get like congratulations, Joe. You won a title in the early 90s thanks for coming out i can't i can't put them up there all right shula we're talking about three six seven eight uh 17 and 19 three six seven eight 17 19 that's that's pretty solid it's pretty good it's pretty 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 good yeah that that doesn't suck uh lombardi won super bowl one and two or actually, it's not clear to me whether he won one and two or he won one and it was two. But yeah, well, Andy's got to be in that conversation. Is the the lingering point of all of this? Where do you where do you stand on that Patriots Chiefs game this weekend? Like I said, Bavada's got the Chiefs by minus seven. I think, I think, I think I like the Patriots to cover. Okay, there's just something about Belichick. Uh, Mahomes, they did the piece on Monday Night Football prior to the game uh, where they were talking about Lamar Jackson being 0-2 against Pat, and then Pat brought up the point that, oh, I was 0, I'm 0-2 against Tom, uh, comparing it to Brady, but I don't necessarily think that was all Brady's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of that is scheme and and being able to contain the Chiefs' offense, uh, and that's a that's a Belichick situation there. Um, so I think this game's closer than than people think. I, I love the, the points there for the Patriots. All right, Gregory, we're getting to the end, so let's do it. Uh, if you don't want to hear us whine about the Philadelphia Eagles, feel free to uh, turn the show off now. There won't be anything after that. Thanks for listening. But if you do want to hear us whine about the Eagles... The Eagles head to San Francisco to uh, my new hometown, the Bay Area, and Bavada has the 49ers minus seven. The most disgusting <laughs> display of coaching I've ever seen. Cowardice. And it's Let's not call even it cowardice. It, it, Big Balls Doug. Big Balls Doug. You got the nickname, Big Balls Doug. You ran a trick play on fourth down in the Super Bowl in the red zone. Right before halftime, one of the greatest play calls of all time. But it wasn't even his play call, and we know that. It was Nick Foles' play call. You punted. Yeah, but he ran with it. He could have said no. He's the head coach. Yeah, but but it wasn't him that brought it up. It wasn't him that's like, this is the situation for this. Foles walks over, says Philly, Philly. Doug thinks about it, says okay. You punted. I know, it's cowardly. For a tie. You punted for a tie. Also, oh, God, I hate this team. Nick Foles being the greatest quarterback in Bears history after one week, real problem. This is going to be a real problem. And now now you just brought up the fact that Nick Foles called the play, and now my mind is completely blown. I don't know what to do with myself. It, what is the worst outcome that happens if you kick a 64-yard field goal and miss? Oh, well, I mean, okay. So the thinking there is, what, 13 seconds left in the game. Assume that there's eight left on the clock. Bengals had a timeout, I believe. I guess they the thought, called the th- it. I think 
I think they had called it. Well, okay. But it well, doesn't matter. So Bengals, regardless, Bengals would have one shot. It's just a matter of how much of the field they could use with whether or not they had a timeout. If you pick up 20, then you're kicking a field goal for the win. Um. <laughs> well, well, the problem is is you have the worst defense of all time. Who, who? They had eight th- th- sacks. It doesn't matter, Chris. They do the same shit we've seen for three-plus years. I don't know. Darius Slay looks good. Darius Slay's great. Darius Slay is not the problem. The problem is the scheme. It is third and 15. Oh, yeah. Jim Schwartz got to go. You cannot get off the field. It is an absolute abomination for the last three years that when a team is third and 10-plus yards, it is almost a guarantee that they are getting the first down. Yeah. It feels like it's every single time in every single situation. Doug also, God, back to the last drive. Uh Doug essentially just like settling for a 58-yard field goal. The play calling was atrocious. Mm-hmm. You could say all you want about Carson Wentz. The guy stinks. He needs to be better. It, they, something is wrong. I don't know what it is. He's broken. They have to figure it out. But the play calling is just is just flat out unacceptable. Yeah. The talent level around Carson Wentz is flat out unacceptable. What are you when talking you have, about, Greg? Did you see who the starting receivers are this week? Uh, it's I, J- John Hightower and Greg Ward. That's pretty good, right? Uh, how how did this how did last season carry over into this season? Well, I don't Deshaun get is it. just always hurt, and this is crazy because Deshaun was a guy, despite his frail frame, he was good for 14 games a year, pretty much consistently throughout his career. Gets back to Philadelphia, can't stay on the field ever. Like he can't play five series in a game; he just gets banged up. Uh, Alshon is still probably two weeks away. JJ Ortega Whiteside was pulled in warmups last week because he allegedly suffered some sort of minor injury. He's not going to play. Uh, Quez Watkins just got uh, just got b- brought up off the uh, the short-term IR. Uh, who else are we forgetting? And, oh, Rager is on, is on IR. So, yeah, that's, uh, it's Hightower, Greg Ward. Um, God, I don't even... Uh, they, they, they signed Hakeem Butler, who got cut earlier, to the active roster. Great. So he'll... But I think they might have said he's a tight end now, which is weird because he's like 230 pounds. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It, this is not a great situation. Also, Chris, Boston Scott sucks. Yeah, well, we knew that. Uh, JJ, sh- shout out, shout out Legs Benedict in my fantasy league. Boston Scott in the ninth round. How'd that work out? Um, yeah, fuck you, Zed. <laughs> unfortunately, that's Matt, not Zed. But either way, uh, the, the, the fact that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Doug said we're going to lean on him in the upcoming weeks. Yeah. The guy has 10 career catches. This is leaning D- on him. We're asking him not to play and screw anything up. <laughs> D.K. Metcalf was drafted six picks or seven picks after him. Do you want to guess how many games it took D.K. Metcalf to get 10 receptions? Well, also Terry McLaurin was in that group as well. Sure, sure. We'll, we'll pull his stats next. 10. Mm-hmm. Ten catches. It took DK Metcalf four games, and those were the first four games of his career, not nineteen games with ten catches. How many times? How many? How, when? When do we say enough is enough? Like when do we say enough is enough? This, oh yeah, this, he'd be cut if he wasn't a second round pick. This front office is embarrassingly bad at drafting players Agreed. when it comes to the skill positions. It is. 
It is horrendous. I watched CD Lamb just trap. Well, if they didn't have a chance field, to draft CD Lamb, they absolutely could have tried to trade up for him. Let's stop pretending. This, you don't. You this, don't know where the value was there. I don't. I don't have a that hard a time with that. Uh, I do think. I do think in terms of. Sorry to cut you off. I no, do you're think, fine. I do think in terms of Arthega Whiteside that they they got a little bit scared because they were tied to Mikola Hardman prior to the draft. Then Hardman goes one pick in front of them to Kansas City because, hey, Kansas City makes the right pick. Um, I think that kind of just screwed them up. Shortly thereafter, you know, Paris Campbell goes. Paris Campbell obviously has had some major injuries, but incredibly talented player. You talk about DK going going eight picks later, seven picks later. Seven or eight picks. Short, you know, within ten picks, all, you also have Deontay Johnson from the Steelers goes. And then we come back and take a, a – a, uh, Oh, this is actually Jalen Hurd, not Jalen Hurd, so ignore me. But Ter- Terry McLaurin goes 20 picks uh, after, uh, after what's his name? After uh, JJAW. Thank you, JJAW. So, you know, you could have you could have had added any of those guys. You could have had Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf. And, uh, no, you know, we're, we're good. Um, actually, just... Ironically, the, right after that was Hakeem Butler. <laughs> nice. You, you just... You just wonder what goes on. The best is the next day, Doug talking about how, yeah, you know, I wish I kicked it. Well, Doug, you got to make that. You, you got to just, you got to do it then and there. Like yeah. You just do. That's, you can't second guess. You played, uh, dude, you know what sucks? Do you know what really sucks is the hope with the division? Like, I, why couldn't the Cowboys just be 3-0? Why yeah, couldn't, like, someone else be just, just, because they're just going to string us along and string us along. And the the worst part about it, Chris, is I was thinking about it last night. I was sitting there. It was like 2.30 in the morning. Uh-huh. I was playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And I would just all of a sudden, I got this calm. This calm came over me. And I just said, the Eagles are going to win on Sunday night. They're going to win. Bet the Eagles money line because they're going to win because this team makes no sense. They make no sense. They win games that they have absolutely no business winning mm-hmm. against teams that are far better than them. I don't care if it's Jimmy G, Nick Mullen. It, it, it doesn't matter. It could be Stavros Halkius for all I care. Mm-hmm. Start anybody. Yeah. Uh, who's, the money line, by the way, the money line at Bavada plus 255. I mean, max play. Max play. Because this is what this stupid franchise does to its fans. It tortures us. We're going to play some sort of weird, flawless game. The 49ers are riddled with injuries. They have like they somehow have less receivers than we do. And just keep Jeff Wilson and Jarek McKinnon in the backfield with our run defense that pretty much stinks, but that's fine. We'll do something and put the pressure on Nick Mullen or Jimmy G. Nick Mullins, and, and, Greg. Put some I, respect I, on that name. I hear I think, you. I think <laughs> it's Mullins. It is Mullins. Um, it put it just this team is going to win this game just to, to be annoying. Like I would have preferred that we had just lost on Sunday. Like, oh, for sure. The, the 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 tie is so much worse. Yeah, agreed. Because it's just it's just like this this just stinks. Like especially the way you tie where you like gave up. Yeah, gave up. It's Con- heartless. Conceded it's tie. gutless. Yeah, it was cowardly. It was cowardly. This, no doubt. This is this team somehow. I thought I had seen the most gutless team in in the in the city in the Sixers and the Eagles. Just I don't know the, three, the Phillies put on. They 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 did their best. Both, 
Believe me, they're compounding the issue. Every team is every team in the city outside of the Flyers is just they have no passion, no heart, no anything. And if I see another Eagles player put up an Instagram post of if you ain't rocking with us now, don't come back later. You're just you're just just the biggest like charmin baby soft team of all time. Miles Sanders, dude, relax. You put us in the biggest hole of all time uh, right away That's against the Rams. That's a little you, bit hyperbolic. You, you, just a tiny bit. But you fumbled three plays into the game and gave the Rams the ball on the 30-yard line, immediately changing the entire game plan. Relax about worrying about the fake fan boos and, and the, the criticism on social media. Maybe score a touchdown. Maybe the, score a touchdown. By the way, I, I didn't see this on Bavada, but I wonder, you know, we're talking about where Oladipo would be playing next. You wonder what the odds are. They would have for where Real Muto is going to be playing next. I don't want to see that. I don't know. I don't want to see it. It ain't I know what it's Philadelphia, be. man. You think? Uh, what do you think? What do you think? The Mets. The Mets are going to be the favorite because yeah. it's all it's all the narrative that's been going on with Steve Cohen and all the money and these nobody's going to outbid the Mets. If JT Real Muto signs with the Mets, I will not watch one Phillies game. All right, call, calling bullshit on that one. I'm calling. I'm bullshit telling on you one. right now. I'm telling you right now because this this organization is that I can I cannot believe, can I just get one organization that isn't absolutely horrendous in my fandom like I just want one I just want one because yeah. every one of them stinks the Sixers stink their front office is dumb the Phillies stink their front office is dumb yeah we watched we watched the Marlins who dismantled their entire team they traded everyone they traded Giancarlo Stanton but uh, they, they, the they have Sixto pan- Sanchez to build around. They have the unfortunate passing of Jose Fernandez. They traded pretty much everyone and anyone. You know who hit the go-ahead home run today for the Florida Marlins uh, against the Cubs when they were down 1-0? Corey Dickerson, who the (laughs) Phillies traded for last year at the trade deadline and then didn't bring back. They gave up up nothing for him. You know that. But he is a contributor, a great bench guy. He's been a starter for the Marlins because they stink. On this team, he would have fit in perfectly. A left-handed bat off the bench who can actually hit. Instead, I have to watch, I don't know, Andrew Knapp come in. Uh, different other, other, I can't even name the bench guys on the Phillies because they're that bad. I had to watch more Roman Quinn this year. I'm so tired. It makes me, Roman Quinn makes me pine for the days of Michael Young who couldn't hit the ball out of the infield. Oh, At least who, he was who is fast that, enough. Who is that little 5'6 center fielder? Michael Young, right? No, Michael Young was the guy that played. No, the, uh, no, this this would have been like, like two thousand. They had just a, like a midget center fielder. <laughs> I know who you're talking. I'm trying to think of his name. Michael Young was the guy that played for the Texas Rangers, I think. Um, yeah. I, now, now I can't think of the guy that I'm thinking of. It wasn't. It's not Glanville. You're not thinking about no, Glanville. No, Glanville no. was lanky and tall. Um, it's just. It's just amazing. It's amazing to me uh, how inept this franchise is at, at judging talent. The bullpen is just a complete nightmare. And, and sure, maybe a couple things that you were banking on didn't work out. Um, but but it just it's just such 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 the worst, the absolute worst. Why? Uh, Michael Young did play for the Phillies. I forgot about that as I'm sitting here googling it. Uh, who is the fan? I mean, I'm, feel- I'm trying to think. Like, if it would be like Phillies, 2006 roster. Uh-huh. It was super fast. Then he went to the Astros. Um, oh this yeah. Is bother me. 
I do have a vague recollection of that. Uh, Michael Bourne. That's yeah. who I'm thinking of. Yeah, that makes Five sense. 5'11". Not the guy you're thinking of. No, I need to... I'm, I'm on, like... I'm trying to think of when it would be, and I'm, I'm in, like, 98, 99, but I wonder, <laughs> wonder if it's even earlier than that. This guy... Uh, and he never walked. That was the other thing, too. I always thought, like, okay, well, you know, he's a, he's super short. He has basically no strike zone. Has to be able to walk a lot. But was not the case. Uh, Ricky it's, Otero. Uh, okay. I know exactly who you're talking about. Ricky Otero. Listed at 5'7", 150. 100% not 5'7", or 150. Yeah. I, uh, I, these, I mean, you got, you know, those guys aren't that tall. I saw... I remember seeing Jimmy Rollins at Best Buy one time, and I was like, "Oh my God, he's like five eight. Jeez, he's like maybe five five seven, five eight. At least Jimmy Rollins played with some heart. This this the Phillies team is the biggest the biggest joke of an organization. It's just everything stinks. Why does this city this city can never have okay. nice things? Okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna do everybody listening a favor and say that's gonna be it for this week's episode. Of the uh, of you're wrong and here's why you and I can continue this conversation in a second, but we don't need to subject everyone else to it. For Greg Kern, I'm Chris Fordell. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.